This is a podcast from Minute Media. What's up, Panther fans? Welcome to another podcast episode of the Four Man Rush. Today, you got myself, Will, Country Kev, and JD, uh, Panthers Den on Twitter. Today, we're going to take update you with the latest uh, Panthers news that's going on since the game. Big win at Arizona yesterday. And we'll take a look at our upcoming family reunion game against Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm probably going to refer to them as the Redskins multiple times uh, throughout tonight. So no offense to anybody. It's just, you know, kind of been built in my head over the years, just calling them the Washington Redskins. So let's get uh, started with some Panther news. Today, Matt Rule announced that Cam Newton's going to take the majority of the practice reps at quarterback to try to get him up to speed with the offense as quick as possible. I'll start with you, Kev. Do you think uh, Cam Newton's going to be ready to be a full-time starter this weekend in Washington, or do you think we'll see kind of a similar setup with P.J. Walker taking a bulk of the snaps and just gradually increase Cam Newton's reps over the next couple of weeks? Well, it's, it's that, that question right there is really more so of what I think going to happen versus what I think should happen. Um, what I think should happen is that we use the formula that just worked real good this past um uh this last game again you know at arizona now i i totally get that in order for cam to get his time and his chemistry he definitely has to have more reps so i definitely i definitely can get that uh i'm just at the mind frame of like i get the excitement of cam coming back but i just don't want to rush it because you know this time last week cam admitted himself you know he was at home eating a bowl of cereal playing with the kids you know and NFL defenses, they are 10 games in. So you got to be on point. You know, a half second uh, delay one way or the other could result in a turnover, you know, that could um, take the momentum of the game away. So, uh, you know, I've definitely been a fan of just, you know, bringing Cam along, you know, since steadily, but, you know, at the same time, not rushing it. Um, and I was perfectly fine with PJ Walker. Uh, getting another opportunity to show what he can do because the way this offensive line is playing, the way this defense is playing, um, game management at the quarterback position, I feel would have been enough to uh, put us in a position to win. Now, that's what I think should happen, but what's going to happen, you know, let's, let's, you know, the media is going to have a field day with this, you know, Cam Newton makes his home debut against his former coach, Ron Rivera and, and then several former teammates. So I get it, you know, the drama, the excitement, you know, the justification of the ticket prices being jacked up through the roof (laughs) from where it was a week ago, you know, for a lot of y'all that's that I've heard, you know, have something to say about it. Uh, Me and JD was chatting about that before, uh, before we came on here. But, um, but yeah, but I mean, if, again, if, you know, Cam, there's not a defense really out there that Cam hasn't seen. Like you stated before, Will, it's still cover one, cover two, cover three. Um, it's still zone blitz. Uh, it's still, you know, green dog blitz. You know, it's still it's still the same still the same uh, things that he's seen, you know, thousands of times over and over. Uh, it's just more so uh, I'm just I'm just concerned. I just want to give him enough time to where he get his uh, chemistry and timing down with uh, his wide receivers, uh, skill players, you know, getting used to the cadences. You know, I just don't want it to be a a rush process, but I get why the uh, he's getting a majority of the reps because that's that's just the way 
it's going to go to uh, get them ready. Now, J.D., I know you've had a chance to watch the film and break down both uh, Cam and P.J. Walker. Talk a little bit about what you saw, number one, and number two, what do you expect to, or would you like to see happen uh, this upcoming Sunday? I think P.J. deserves a lot of credit for how he played. He played a very mature game of football, uh, did have a turnover and two fumbles that kind of drove his grade down for me. But um, I think I think it's not a bad thing if P.J. gets the lion's share of the, the reps again, uh, bring Cam on slowly, because when Cam comes in, I want him to be 10 toes down, pedal to the middle, no limitations. This is your show now. And I think that's what Rule is thinking by giving him the opportunity to start for um, to fight for the starting job next season. He's not bringing him here just to kind of carry us through in packages only. So if not this week um, for Cam Newton, especially given how explosive he was last game, only nine snaps accounted what for, what, 14 points? So if if Cam doesn't score those two touchdowns, it's a it's a totally different um, outcome possibly. Um, so I think I think even though Rule wants Cam to start as soon as possible, and that's pretty much obvious, and how the how fitting it would be to, for him to start against his old coach with all the the former Panthers there back in Charlotte for the first time, I think you have to stay that off a little while. And even if you want to give him that start, just put him in for the first snap and then go back to what we did last week. Um, I think it's going to take Cam a little while to to get um, to get back acclimated to the timing routes. And uh, I think it's going to take Cam a little while to get back, um, get back into into the groove of things as, as far as um, down to down, uh, down to distance stuff, um, even though he's a vet guy. Um, that, that the amount of reps he can take during the week is still limited. Um, he's not a spring chicken anymore, and that recovery is still going to be a, a thing. They don't want to burn him out preparing for the for the game, and then uh, game comes, and now he's um, not a hundred percent. So, I would rather ease him in slow. And I think if not, if he doesn't start in the next two games at um, in Wash versus Washington versus Miami, there's a bye week after that. So. After week 13, it's going to be all systems go Cam Newton show. Right. I think, you know, it's, you know, he's a veteran player. So I know, you know, coverages don't change. Route concepts don't change. I think, you know, he'll, this processing will be the same. He'll be able to know where to go with the football. He knows how to throw the football, when to throw it. The timing, like J.D. said, is going to be off. That's the um, we saw that a little bit yesterday as well. You know, on that go route to DJ Moore it was a little bit late. The slant route was a little bit behind him. That's expected when he's you know been sitting on it. You know, been at home, hasn't really been playing with these guys for a lot. But you know, practice reps. You know, he's played with DJ before. He's played with C Mac for a couple years. You know, maybe it won't take him that long to get up to speed, get that rhythm back, and you know, be able to start as early as uh, Sunday. I mean, that touchdown pass was a pretty difficult throw on that uh, out to Robbie Anderson. I mean, that was a well-timed, well-placed ball there. Um, you know he's going to be a factor in the running game, so we can probably see another heavy dose of that this week against uh, Washington. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him be named the full-time starter, you know, by the end of this week, just considering the direction Matt Rule uh, looks like he wants to go with this. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. I know, Kev, you had made a post earlier today about 
the improvements of the offensive line from weeks, what was it, seven through ten versus the first six weeks? Can you talk about what you've seen from the O-line over the past few weeks and if we've finally found the right mix of linemen to use from this point going forward? Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that I, you know, that I like to do when I'm, you know, looking up the, you know, playing the trenches is, you know, with Big Smooth, you know, he, you know, he does um, the film work aspect of it. I like doing the uh, statistical side of it. And uh, what I notice is, is that ever since uh, left guard Michael Jordan has been inserted to the starting lineup, uh, he got his first start week six home game against the Minnesota Vikings, as y'all know, which we lost in overtime, um, 34-28. Uh, that was week six. But ever since then, uh, the it just seems like his play has really helped infuse the offensive line to be more nasty, be more physical, be more aggressive. And with the current group, uh, starters that's in that seems to have been doing the majority of it. You know, now we have, um, you know, Trent Scott, who's been played left tackle, right tackle. Uh, he's now firmly been entrenched at right guard, has been playing at a very high level. Um, you know, we got, like as I mentioned, Michael Jordan at left guard. Uh, Dennis Daly at left tackle. Wasn't his best game. Um, he had three very frustrated penalties. Um, you know, one false start, two holding penalties that really uh, were kind of like momentum killers, really set us in long um, situations. Uh, I believe on one drive, he had a false start and a holding in the same on the same drive, you know, responsible for 15 yards just by himself. So definitely uh, Dennis Daly, I'm, I'm just thinking that he's more suited as guard than, than tackle. Uh, I just really haven't seen enough to feel confident that he can perform uh, consistently at a good enough level at left tackle. Then the question is, well, is he playing better than Cam Irvin? Yeah, but how have a bar is that you're setting as a comparison of effectiveness? You know, um, you know, that's just how I see it. But, you know, when, you know, looking at the numbers, what came out, you know, something that we like to use here uh, to analyze offensive line play is run block, pass weight, um, run block win rate and pass block win rate. And what a win rate is in the trenches is the ability of, uh, for example, run block and pass block win rate is when the offensive line, each blocker is able to maintain his uh, assigned block for at least two and a half seconds or longer. And when it comes to that, uh, the Panthers for the first six weeks, uh, they were pretty much dead last with both. They was averaging 31st in pass blocking and 30th in run blocking, you know, weeks one through six. That just, uh, that was pretty much where they were. Um, and heading into, you know, this week, you know, the Panthers, uh, they were, let me take a look, uh, says here that far as uh, pass block um, win rate here, uh, the Carolina Panthers were 26 excuse me, that's run block win rate. We're at 26, um, rank 26. And as um, uh, pass blocking, we're up to, let me take a look here. Looks like 28. 
So when you look at it, that doesn't sound like a huge jump, but when you just look at the last four weeks, you know, the Panthers, uh, pass block, run block, um, just the last four weeks from week seven to week 10, uh, the Panthers have been um, have will be the 11th best run blocking team win rate and the eighth best pass block win rate team. Just to know if we just only measured for the last four weeks. So that's just how bad our line play was the first six weeks that even though we've been playing top 10 offensive line caliber blocking the last four weeks, we dug such a big, a big, a big hole the first six weeks that the progress, when you look at the statistical chart, doesn't really seem like much. So, you know, you know, even though it counts, I'm just looking at ads from you know, week seven up to now uh, because I'm starting to see the consistency week after week. We've only given up one sack in the last uh, three weeks, um, which is saying a lot. Also, you know, when Chris McCaffrey was running the ball, um, he was getting two, three, sometimes four yards before a defender was even able to get a hand on him. So overall, that's just that's just showing that this offensive line unit is starting to gel. And I think the attitude, the nastiness, uh, the aggression of left guard Michael Jordan, who we picked up off the practice squad from the Bengals, um, has lit a match up under this offensive line unit. And um, I'm here for it. Another thing we noticed in the last game, I mean, our receivers had their ups and downs all year. We had, I think we led the league in drop passes at one point. Uh, J.D., when you were watching the QB evaluations the past couple of weeks, did you see a notice and a change in the energy of the wide receiver group? And you think it's going to be more of what we're going to see going forward the rest of this year, especially with Robbie Anderson? I think I think the, the four wide receivers, the – Earl being on time in in the pocket, meaning like right in the numbers, hitting the numbers, throw on, kind of help um, Robbie and DJ get their, their momentum going. Um, quick slants, a lot of them from PJ, um, trying to beat this, uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals um, corners quick. Um, also led to us not giving up any sacks um, that game, so... I think the passing game and the wide receivers specifically are going to benefit from the ball being thrown a little bit more fast. Um, Sam Darnold had a had a, a lot of um, uh, a lot of plays where he sped himself up, and in speeding himself up, he actually slowed himself down to the throw. So I think um, for our guys and. And uh, the decision and go and not overthink being able to trust the instincts of Cam is going to help them get a momentum going. And uh, hopefully that rhythm will keep going, not only in the past game, but in our more intermediate um, route combinations. So I think I think the change of quarterback is definitely going to show a difference um, in, in our wide receivers, not trying to catch throws that are behind them or trying to catch late throws, uh, being thrown hospital balls. I think that that has changed that that's going to change with these quarterbacks and that's something we can look forward to. Uh, Kev, I know we've been hard on a uh, Pat Elf line most of this year. I've seen the pretty have a pretty good game against uh Arizona last week. You think he's found a home at center or do you need to see a bigger sample size? 
Uh, I definitely want to see a bigger sample size, but I will say that uh, his initial test uh, coming out of the coming out the blocks with uh, his started center. Um, for those of y'all who haven't checked it out yet on Twitter, uh, just go to um, uh, 4MR Smooth's account, and you know he has the uh, he has the breakdown of of, of each one of the Panther linemen's um, you know, individual games. I think for F-Line, um, his grade, well, I think he had him like, I think it was like the third best. I think it was like mid-70s, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, for me, it's just, it's just shocking that a player who played so horribly at left guard could just move over one spot and play at such a high level. Um, so, like I said, if we're going to shit on him, which we have done and rightfully so for his poor play, you know, we got to sing his praises uh, when he when he when he does well. And that's one thing that I, I definitely can say about Pet Fline uh, this past game. Um, he was definitely uh, making a line adjustment calls. I saw him do that uh, multiple times. Um, I saw him alert PJ Walker to the blitz multiple times. You know, his recognition, his football. Uh, IQ really took over. Um, it, you know, I know that he won the uh, Remington Award when he was at Ohio State as the nation's best center um, as well. So, I mean, yeah, I get that it's college, but it does show that center is a position that he has performed at a high level on before. Now, he has played center in the NFL, and uh, particularly when he was with Minnesota, and, you know, he, you know, he looked a lot of like what he looked at it. Uh, guard for us so again you know just have to be honest but take it with a grain of salt I, I would like to see how he does this week uh upcoming against the uh, Washington uh football team because what the uh, defensive tackles that he's going to face is probably the best duo of defensive tackles uh we're going to face all season and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne two high first round uh draft picks so um you know, good job, Pat Fline at Arizona, but you're you're really about to be tested uh, uh, this upcoming week. This will really let us know um, whether it was just a one-time thing or if uh, if this is your natural position that you perform better at center. But but I will give him his credit; he did a great job. Uh, again, there was no sacks given up. Uh, I saw him put a couple of players on the ground in the run game. Uh, opening up nice holes uh, for McCaffrey. There was several times where a lot of McCaffrey's big runs came off his um, A gap on either side because we were doing a lot of quick trap blocking um, with the interior offensive line, and F line was definitely um, he was definitely was setting a tone there. So um, good job, but I need to see a bigger size moving forward. Let's talk about uh, this question, uh, JD. I know you watched the film uh, when you were grading PJ Walker and Cam Newton. What do you think about how Joe Brady um, changed up his, opened up his playbook a little bit now that he's got uh, PJ Walker and especially Cam Newton at his disposal now? You would have to be some kind of inept if you didn't use uh, Cam Newton's strength. So over over the nine snaps, you saw him. Um, quarterback powers, quarterback draws, all that good stuff, quarterback running plays. Also, what I think I enjoyed seeing the most 
was the um like the play action like oh we're gonna move the line like like Cam's gonna take off um got uh, Robbie out in the flat so seeing more of that stuff um by open up I, I take that to mean um we're gonna use plays like that um where where the quarterback is gonna be a running threat for Cam when he's in um. But as far as PJ, if PJ is going to be taking the lion's share of reps, I think we're going to see a similar um, offense to what we saw versus Arizona, where um, at first it's going to be quick hitting stuff just to get us in a the rhythm. Then we might take some intermediate shots. Um, but I think I think now that Sam Donald is somewhere nursing a scalpula, I think um, – <laughs> <laughs> that boy, how that boy break a scout? I don't know, but um, yeah, I think I think now that we have some actual quarterbacks that aren't afraid to let it rip and have a little bit more mobility, um, we're going to see the playbook open up a little bit. And you saw an example of that when we came out in the Wildcat um, and motion Christian McCaffrey all the way to the wide side, and all that stuff was was a good sign for me. Even after like what three or four days of Cam being a Panther, you can kind of see us going into that bag a little bit. So, I think that's something we we can see moving forward, and I think it, it, we would be foolish to not um, see that. Even though I think Joe Brady's play calling hadn't been our issue, um, but that's something definitely we're gonna start getting in our bag a little bit. Okay, so for everybody that's uh, following, I just pulled up the offensive line grades that were done by Smooth for this past game. He does an excellent job with this, so make sure you – he has them all on Instagram, Twitter, so if you follow his accounts, you can get the updates every week. Now, Kevin, when you look at these grades, you know, you look at this interior O-line, particularly Michael Jordan and Trent Scott, been playing very well the past – I mean, Trent Scott's not so much. He's been up and down, but Michael Jordan especially. I mean, since he's – Got the starting role. I mean, he's kind of – Mike Rule even said he brings an attitude to the offensive line. Um, Taylor Moten brought, mentioned that as well. What do you see from Michael Jordan that's made him so effective the past week, number one and two? Does he remind you of uh, that Trey Turner guy that, you know, he's going to be the heart and soul of the O-line, bring that nastiness, that attitude that other guys can feed off of? Well, to answer your first part um... – what is about Michael Jordan uh, is definitely his physical nasty style of play. Uh, he definitely is the type of lineman that plays with that old school throwback uh, mentality, you know, blocking to the whistle, getting guys down on the ground, um, just really just playing hard nose in your face. Um, you're going to get tired of me blocking you, you know, type of guy. It's just not someone that's trying to just simply – get in front of you and shield you. He's really trying to uh, remove you from the field every chance that he gets. And I like that about him. Um, you know, we're talking about a, uh, we're talking about a guy that's uh, played at a very good level at Ohio state um, as well. So, you know, him and Pat F line got that, uh, got that Buckeye trend going on the offensive line between, um, between them two. But uh, to answer your second question, as far as moving forward, I know you brought up Trey Turner. Uh, I was thinking more of the uh, last great left guard we had there, which was Andrew Norwell, um, when you look at his uh, style of play, and particularly uh, just the hard-nosed uh, demeanor. And, you know, once he also becomes more and more comfortable with, you know, communication, picking up collection, this is 
this is fourth game in. Um, again, this was somebody we picked up off the uh, off the practice squad. So um, even though he's four games in and playing well, I think the best of him is yet to come. Uh, you know, I'm definitely hoping that we're. I, I don't see no reason why we don't bring him back on a on a contract. I don't know if it's one year or two year, but I definitely like to see him get a full all season with us. Uh, get with Pat Meyer, some of the other guys in the all season and, and really develop here. We potentially, and I have to be cautious not to get too excited because it's only been four games, uh, potentially could uh, could have found the steal here. Uh, but it's, it it just comes so easy for him to just really play with a dominating, aggressive style. And another thing that with that style, he also plays with very good technique as well, which allows him to not only be nasty, but to effectively um, put himself in a position to, um, you know, to execute his block at a high level. I think he's only been called on a couple of penalties so far. I don't think he's been called on any holding penalties. I think it's been a couple of false starts um, so far. So, you know, we'll live with that with the, uh, with the growth and the return that he's, uh, that he's given us. But uh, yeah, he re he reminds me of more of Andrew Norwell, um, who was an undrafted uh, free agent that was that we found in 2014, and um, his physical nasty uh, technical te technique is what I like the most about his play. Yeah, you know we don't want to kick a guy while he's down, but uh, I think it's something that's worth discussing a little bit. Uh, JD, we saw how uh, confident and. Uh, how much faster uh, P.J. Walker was playing than uh, Sam Darnold before him. The offense seemed to move a lot more efficiently even before, even without the reps Cam Newton came off the field. I guess the question is, would you have liked to see P.J. Walker maybe had started, you know, a week ago, maybe after the Minnesota game? You think it was after the, even after the Giants game as late as that? I definitely think we should have started P.J. earlier, but I think where we dropped the ball with our quarterback situation was not making a legitimate quarterback battle in, in training camp. So um, for for all intents and purposes, when, when they traded for Sam Darnold, that was kind of the the, um, the idea that this might be their guy and the christening was when they picked up his fifth-year option without him even seeing him play a snap. That was letting us know, okay, the coaching staff is choosing this as their guy. But – um, didn't take any, didn't take many preseason reps. And it's not surprising because even because he didn't take many preseason reps, his preseason kind of rolled over into the season. So um, you can see what, once we started facing competition, offenses, the offense looked real vanilla, um, basic, not even attacking downfield. And you got to attack these defenses, um, even the good ones. You're going to have to, um, attack them when they're going to pin their ears back or sit back in hook curl zones and play cover two all day versus your wide receiver core that's the fastest in the league. That don't make sense to me. But I think where we dropped the ball was not making a legitimate quarterback battle. And I think um, if we were to do that and go back and look at how fast PJ gets the ball out and how decisive he is with the ball, I honestly think PJ would have won that battle. Um, I hinted to it in my um, roster stock reports that I was doing back in the preseason. After the PJ, for, after his first start, I mentioned how he could potentially 
um, get himself into a battle because he played so well. So I think that was the the unfortunate part. And this is another knock on the the, um, incumbent coaching staff. A lot of their battles, they they carried over to the regular season when they're supposed to be done in training camp, i.e. kicker, the kicker position. Um, You bought nobody in to challenge Joey Sly. And now here comes the regular season. Now we're on our third or fourth kicker um, through this point in the regular season. That's not good. Um, So same thing for quarterback, same thing for offensive line. Um, We've had, what, six or seven or eight different combinations now at this point. So um, it's just just something that um, we're going to have to see better from Coach Roof. and those guys, and I think they still have that college mentality to where you could just plug and play any guy uh, up until the point of the season. You have, what college teams have what 100 man rest rosters, 90 to 100 guys on the on the sideline. So I think that's something definitely they need to get better at doing and spelling these um, position battles out in camp. Nobody's safe. You mute it. You mute it, Will. Oh, sorry, y'all. I didn't know I was muted. <laughs> what I was saying was right here, I have uh, NFL's website, Next Gen Stats. They track this uh, stat called time to throw. So what you can see is how many, how long each quarterback takes before they, you know, get rid of the football. When you start at the bottom, you can see guys like Ben Roethlisberger. He's getting the ball out quick. Tom Brady, of course, ball comes out really quick. Uh, Mac Jones, you watch him, ball comes out very fast. When you get to the top of the list, you got Zach Wilson. You got Jalen Hurts, you know, the running quarterbacks. And right there is Sam Darnold, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's got the sixth longest time to throw in the league. And I think that's one thing you're seeing from the offensive line here with P.J. Walker getting the ball out quicker and it's making it easier on the offensive line. And I think that comes down to processing, you know, coming off his first read, panicking. We see when he has – even at clean pockets, he doesn't seem comfortable. He's one of the worst in terms of completion percentage and QB rating from a clean pocket as well. So I definitely think uh, not only the offensive line play was poor early in the season, but also it was what made it worse was the QB processing slow and holding the ball too long, as you can see, as he holds the ball longer than most quarterbacks in the entire league. So, uh, J.D., is that something you noticed as you were grading the film on P.J. Walker versus uh, Sam Darnold? Absolutely. Um, You can see Sam. um, Most of the time, it's his footwork that's keeping him from getting the ball out fast. Um, 
So he'll he'll get into his um drop back. Maybe he'll speed his drop back up a little bit. Um, by the time his back foot hits, um, he's a little early for the quarter um receivers. So he has to reset. And in the middle of resetting, one guy flashes open. Um, he misses him, so he goes to the next read, and it's just like a a snowball effect for um, Sam Darnold as far as um, timing goes. And that's what causes him to hold the ball. Also, you'll see him kind of second guess, guess himself and his arm talent and pat the ball where he should just um, release and throw and trust his guy. I think another thing where Sam struggles is um, IDing what coverage he, he's facing and then um, making anticipatory throws to challenge that coverage. So like in man coverage versus Dallas, he has uh, – uh, Terrace Marshall, who stacks a guy in the slot, you can throw that throw to the sideline, and um, Terrace Marshall's probably coming down with it if that DB doesn't um, somehow miraculously know it's going to be a 10-yard out. So I think that's what kind of held Sam back. And, yeah, there's quarterbacks um, in the league that have some success and don't throw it with anticipation and kind of pat the ball, but it's not many of them, like, Maybe Kirk Cousins still shows a little bit of his um, his um, impatience and, and, and pass the throw or doesn't make it on time. But most of the time, Kirk Cousins is getting that ball out fast. And that's, we can't say that for Sam, even in a clean pocket. So um, I think that's something that, especially for uh, a New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees type offense that Joe Brady likes to run, especially in the passing game where timing is everything. That's why it's hard for me to believe if there was a legitimate quarterback battle that Sam Darnold would have legitimately beat um, P.J. Walker if he wasn't just christened as the day one starter. Right. And when you look back at the next-gen stats, look who had one of the fastest releases in this past week, P.J. Walker. You know, he only three other quarterbacks had a higher time to throw or a lower time to throw than he did. So you just saw the quarterback getting the ball out much quicker I mean, you saw him stand in the face of pressure. He delivered that slant route to DJ, took a big hit from a free rusher and delivered it, delivered a strike. Uh, he got in trouble on that one. I think McCaffrey kind of uh, missed on a corner blitz. He made the right read to Terrace Marshall, but kind of got knocked off his spot and the ball sailed on him a bit on that first interception. But other than that, I thought he was pretty sharp and played well. You know, if he's not going to be a starter for the rest of this year, I think he at least earned himself another contract. And he'll be in camp, whether it's here or somewhere else, competing for either a backup job or a starting job somewhere. So I think he definitely helped his career with the performance he put on. So let's move ahead a little bit to talk a little bit about the Washington football team. It's going to see a lot of familiar faces this week. Uh, Coach Ron Rivera, he's got uh, Scott Turner as his offensive coordinator, and he's got a little bit different on defense. I think what they still got Jack Del Rio as the defensive coordinator as well. Uh, Washington's coming in. What are they, Kev? Uh, three and six right now. And I think they just got a big win over the Tampa Bay Bucks. On uh, a quarterback, uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, he's kind of won that starting job. Been up and down this year. Hasn't really stood out. So I think they could use more consistency from that position. Now, Heineke was a guy that you liked when he was in Carolina, Kev. Can you tell the fans a little bit about his game and what we can expect? You know, kind of a sneaky athletic guy can run. You wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, was and still is a, a, a huge fan of uh, Taylor Heineke. You know, we're talking about someone that uh, pretty much has known the, the Turners, you know, for pretty much most of his uh, adult life. You know, um, 
he was being scouted by uh, Scott Turner, I believe, when um, when North was at uh, Minnesota, and um, you know he was on the staff, and you know, and then when um, North came to Carolina, brought Scott with him. You know, there was a uh, a reuniting there, and now that Rivera has took it up, uh, took it up the road, eighty five ninety five to the nation's capital uh, with Washington. You know, there again is that connection. So for me, what I like about Taylor Heineke's game is, uh, is that he's, he's scrappy. He's not that guy that's going to wow you statistics, uh, statistically, uh, per se, and put up those big numbers, but he puts himself in a position where he can be clutch when it matters the most. You know, he could pick up that, he could pick up that first down with his legs or with his arm. You know, we saw him go toe to toe with, um, the GOAT, you know, Tom Brady in the wild card round last year and nearly pulled off, you know, what would easily would have been the upset of the year, you know, because Tampa was the wild card team because New Orleans had won the division and because Washington won the division, you know, they got the home game. So that's why it was Tampa at Washington last year. Um, I'm not sure what the final score was. I think it was like a one score game or less, uh, but Taylor Heineke almost, um, almost pulled it off, you know, so he's just a guy that, um, Again, when you look at him, he's not going to uh, wow you or blow you away, but he's someone that's is, is just scrappy and he's going to fight you for everything. Um, he can throw the ball uh, with some zip on it, um, has shown a nice touch, uh, definitely is very uh, mobile, so uh, he won't hesitate to pull the ball down. And, you know, when it's third and medium, you know, five or six yards and run to pick up the first, uh, he has zero hesitations about doing that. Whatever it, He's definitely one of those whatever it takes uh, type of uh, quarterbacks to get the job done. So he's someone that we definitely want to be accountable for um, with his um, um, with uh, both his arm and his um, and his um, with his arm and his legs. But um, again, with the way that our defense is playing, not worried uh, too much about it. But we we do as fans gotta have a respect of what it is that he's capable of doing because he definitely be one of those. Man, how does guy pull that off? He's he's one of those uh, type of guys. And, you know, anytime you uh, do beat the defending Super Bowl champs, you better have everybody's full undivided attention. But um, I definitely think that he's uh, a, a scrappy player that we're going to have to um, hold accountable and see if we can force him into mistakes. Okay, now, uh, Jay, look at these skill players. Very underrated group, in my opinion. I mean, Antonio Gibson, a versatile back. Uh, I like his game in Memphis. Um, he's a, you know, great between the tackles runner, you know, good, very quick, good feet, you know, change of direction, patient vision as a running back. Uh, he's a dual threat back as well. Very good uh, as a receiver, can create mismatches for that offense. Curtis Samuel, unfortunately, has been hit with a groin injury this year and hasn't played a lot. I don't know what his status is for this week, but if it's like the past couple of weeks, I don't expect to see him much. But, I mean, Terry McLaurin, I mean, a guy, you know, consistently always getting bad throws, making 50-50 uh, uh, catches, you know, seems like a guy that's always open, but they can never get him the ball on time. Is Terry McLaurin the most underrated wide receiver in football right now, J.D.? He definitely has an argument. And Terry, um, whether it's 50-50 balls, whether he's just outrunning your cornerbacks on the boundary, whether he's getting the ball short and looking for a yak opportunities, he, he's a pretty much do-it-all wide receiver, and he gets overlooked because he doesn't have, like, the stature 
of other guys, or he he ha- he just hasn't been doing it as long. But Terry is definitely a guy um, that will make you pay for not paying attention or not p- playing your assignment correctly as a corner. Um, but we got something for that, so I ain't, I'm not too too concerned. Um, Stephon Gilmore is playing a little bit more each week, so that's going to be his assignment. That's his primary guy is Terry McLaurin. But um, looking at the rest of their guys, um, Logan Thomas is on IR, but he's been mending that hamstring. He's working his way back. So it's possible we could see him coming off the injury report this week. Um, If not this week, probably next week. I would say Ricky Seals-Jones, questionable. Those two tight ends are mismatch problems. Um, Bigger guys can move so um we'll see what we how we handle that especially in man coverage from what i've been seeing on our film um aj Bouye is covering a lot of the bigger um tight ends um as far as cornerbacks go and also we have jeremy chin so they could opt to pull jeremy chin back into like a box safety type role to cover some of these bigger guys um with speed so uh looking at their other receivers adam humphrey's solid um steady hand not really gonna wow you either way but um in the slot he's a he's definitely a guy you want to key to Deami brown go tar heels so we'll see um we'll see uh how they attack us but antonio gibson is definitely um somebody who's dynamic who's been dynamic um he's they're leading uh russia right now with 500 yards so that's something we're gonna have to key to and they're gonna move them around and try to get these mismatches Uh, Kevin, you look at the um, Washington offensive line. You know, you look at uh, Tyler Larson, who was our backup center for Ryan Khalil for so many years. We got Eric Flowers, who was a left tackle. You know, I guess he was considered a draft bust in New York because he didn't play well at all. They moved him to guard. Looked like he found a home. A lot of injuries across the board. Uh, what do you see here from their offensive line, and how do you think our uh, defensive line? Should this be another meeting at the quarterback type performance for our defense? Yeah, I, I definitely think that this is an opportunity for our defensive line, in particular our defensive tackles, to uh, make a huge impact in this game. Now, they do got a stud on that line. Um, his name is Brandon Sheriff. Um, he plays right guard, um, so he's usually responsible for whoever plays, like, the three-technique position. Um, now, whoever goes up with him consistently – uh, they're gonna have someone that's fully capable of uh, giving them all they can, uh, all they can stand and more. Uh, Brandon Sheriff is definitely uh, certifiable. I think he got a big contract uh, this off this past off season. Um, he is recognized as one of the top ten guards in this league. Um, so he definitely is someone that uh, that definitely uh, deserves our respect. Now, after him, the drop off is really, really significant. Uh, again, former Panther backup center, as you mentioned, Tyler Lawson. Um, he got the smarts, but a lot of his physical limitations, in spite of him having a reputation uh, being like the strongest guy when he was here in Carolina in the weight room, um, several times we've seen him just get put on skates and just slide back with ease. Um, Eric Flowers, as you also mentioned, who was drafted as a top 10, a top 10 pick who uh, was placed at left tackle, uh, didn't work out, and switched him inside the guard. Uh, he has played more respectable there, but again, uh, not someone to really 
you should be too concerned about uh, from that standpoint. Uh, they got a rookie at right tackle, Sam Cosme, uh, who actually has played surprisingly well um, at his position. Um, he has very good technique. Uh, he was someone that definitely uh, me and uh, Big Smooth had uh, checked out or doing the uh, doing the uh, you know scouting combine and uh, definitely during the draft process. Uh, but he uh, he does have some limitations as far as with his footwork uh, and his um, ability to get to the second level. Uh, so he's at right now his rookie year. He's definitely um, you know serviceable and you know can be decent. Uh, but again, nothing to really uh, why you over. He's definitely nothing on a Tristan's worst level down in Tampa um, here. And as far as left tackle, uh, Charles Leno Jr., um, you know, veteran player, um, you know, has decent length with his arms. Uh, but again, this should be a matchup that um, Brian Burns, uh, Hassan Reddick, whoever plays edge for us. Uh, should definitely be able to uh, seize some opportunities here. So as a unit collectively, uh, I give them a C- as far as as an individual unit. Now, they do have – I will say this, though. They do have um, former Panther offensive line coach um, John Mas uh, Masco, Matt Scout, coaching them, and he's actually got these guys, in spite of what I just said with their breakdown, um, they're actually um, they're actually pretty decent um, in certain aspects. For example, their pass block win rate um, is actually, believe it or not, 68%, um, which is actually fourth best on the list. So, you know, I know I gave them overall as a unit a C minus, but the strength of their unit has been the protection of Taylor Heineke. Um, he do, so they do have the fourth best pass block win rate. Um, in the NFL, and as far as the run block win rate, um, they are at 79%, which is currently, uh, I don't think it's been updated this, from this past weekend, but uh, that was uh, that was near the top. So um, as a unit, they play solid together, but as far as individual matchups that we can take advantage of, I definitely think that we can, with our personnel, um, we can. So They'll, they'll again, like Heineke, they'll definitely come out, and if you're not on your game, uh, they can be effective. But if our individual talent uh, takes over, then this is something that we should be able to uh, have access to. Yeah, something to note, one reason for their um, success of their offensive line, I think Pro Football Focus had them as the sixth-ranked offensive line in the league, but their best player grade-wise was Chase uh, Rulier, who's on IR now. So that's why Tyler Larson is plugged in as the starter now. So they may see a drop-off now that their starting center got moved to IR. So I think you'll see Derek Brown, you know, going against Eric Flowers and Tyler Larson. This could be a big day for him against the Washington interior offensive line. Let's take a look at the defense. We'll work our way back to front uh, this time. You know, you look at their secondary, J.D., a lot of talented guys. I mean, William Jackson came from Cincinnati. He was a pretty talented cornerback. Uh, Kendall Fuller, most of us know about. Another solid corner they got there, uh, Landon Collins. You know, very good start to his career in New York. Got a big contract in Washington. What's up, what stands out to you when you look at this secondary? And how do you see the Panthers wide receivers matching up? They definitely have two um, 
good corners. Um, I love these guys coming out of school. So um, William Jackson, um, all the tools to be a shutdown guy, um, ball skills, can press, can play man, all that great stuff. Uh, Kendall Fuller is a ball hawk, always has been. So um, those two top guys are going to be matched up on our two top guys. So that's going to be a good matchup to go back on film and watch. Um, Shout out to Corn Elder. I see him on there. Um, He's going to be their backup. Um, Looks like he might be playing nickel. Um, Benjamin St. Juiced out. Um, so Troy Apke is going to be their speedy guy. So, um, they could opt if we put, uh, uh, um, a Terrace Marshall out there in 11 personnel, um, they might switch up from corn elder to their more lanky speedy kind of guy, um, Troy Apke. So, um, they're, they're, they're a talented group and it's actually low key surprising because this is a Ron Rivera defense and this, this really isn't. This isn't, isn't characteristic for him to have such uh, good talent at cornerback, especially. Um, Landon Collins in the secondary as well, uh, kind of been quiet from him. I, I haven't seen how he's doing, but um, has been a guy to make plays in the past. Cameron Curl um, has been a guy to fly around too. So I think it, it's definitely going to be something where we're going to have to try to beat these guys um fast i think the longer the play goes for us this week um the more danger we're going to be in especially with this front seven i'm gonna uh, stay with you for a second uh jd i know you do a lot of college scouting as well the first round pick uh jamin davis middle linebacker you know ron rivera always has to have that guy in the middle on all of his defenses whether it was uh, John Beeson, or whether it was Brian Erlocker back when he was a defensive coordinator for Chicago, or our own Luke Keekley. What do you think about uh, Jamin Davis? Does he have that kind of upside? He he's definitely was an, an intriguing prospect for me. Um, a a good a good athlete at the linebacker spot can move well. Um, right now he's sitting sitting at forty tackles. Um, so. He's a guy that, that's going to fly around for you. I think their best linebacker has been Cole Holcomb, though, um, flying around, getting tackles, coming from that weak side linebacker spot. So those 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 two guys, um, I think the upside is 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 really high. Um, Jamin Davis is having a, a, a solid uh, rookie campaign, though. So um, I, I expect these guys to play uh, aggressive, downhill, kind of brand of football. Um, much akin to how we used to see uh maybe not to the level of a like a Luke in a Thomas Davis flying around but Ryan likes um linebackers with that sideline to sideline athleticism and those guys that can come up and, and fit the run and not lose a step um in the past game so I think that's something we're gonna see from Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis but um we'll see how they um build upon their their um seasons. Now, when you coming into the season, Washington had one of the most talented defensive lines in the league. They had first round, four first round picks: Chase Young, Montez Sweat, and then the Alabama duo of Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Uh, Chase Young unfortunately tore his ACL against Tampa Bay, so he's out for the season now. Montez Sweat, I believe, has a jaw injury. Correct me if I'm wrong. So he's on IR and will likely miss this game as well. So really, you're looking at a defensive line whose strength is on the interior 
Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and a guy Matt Rule coached at Temple, uh, Matt Ioannidis. When you look at this defensive tackle rotation, Kev, what do you see? Do you think they can cause problems and give a test to our interior offensive line? Uh, hell to the yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this this reminds me a lot of, of, you know, the concerns we had coming in, you know, week one with the Jets. You know, they didn't have much on the outside, but, you know, they uh, their defensive tackle rotation um, was, was something to be concerned well, with Washington. Uh, in spite of the injuries to to uh, that you just mentioned to Montez Sweats and Chase Young, um, they still have more than enough um, talent with that interior defensive line to uh, severely test our newly found interior O-line. Um, again, as I mentioned um, before with uh, Pat Elfline, he's, he's really going to – we're really going to find out quick and fast just what he's capable of doing at center. Um, because the way Ron Rivera runs, you know, as his 4-3 defense, you know, you're going to see both Allen and Payne line up as one techniques to either side of, uh, of the center, uh, of the center. So definitely there's going to be an opportunity to uh, witness firsthand uh, just what is uh, what Pat, Pat Fline can do. Um, I'm definitely pulling for him, but – uh, this probably be the best defensive tackle combination we'll face the remainder of the season. Um, you know, when you look at, um, you know, you know, who they got come out the bit, Matt um, Iadonis, um, he could easily be starting somewhere else. Um, that just goes to show the uh, the depth that they have. But, I mean, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, um, these are definitely going to be uh, headaches. So the success we had last week with those quick trapping uh, run block uh, runs that we had. Um, it's it might hit a little differently this week. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that we should shy away and not try it um, because you know we can't be scared of nobody, but we also have to know who we're facing and take advantage of their weaknesses because everybody has weaknesses uh, in their game. You know, because at the end of the day, they're still three and six. So for as talented as their defensive tackle rotation is. It has got to the point where they've been able to dominate takeover game to help uh, lead their team to more wins than what they have. Uh, but again, they just faced a very talented uh, Tampa Bay Bucks offensive line, who many had viewed as one of the uh, best in the league. So I definitely think that um, um, this is probably my biggest concern for offensive line. This game is going to be uh, in the B gaps and the A gaps with the defensive tackles of Washington. Let me ask you this: If our defense gets a stop, you know they got to settle for three points. You see who's kicking there? Uh, yeah, put any fear in you right there, man. Good old Joey Sly. I mean, he probably could kick from from Washington to Charlotte and make. I mean, the the dude's leg strength easily is probably top five in the league. It's just always been that accuracy. But uh, you know, this past week, uh, I think he was what three for three. On field goals, two for two on extra points. Um, so hey, you know maybe he's gotten out of that funk that he was in with us. Um, you know it, it's definitely uh, definitely going to be interesting when the uh, when it's time to uh, get our when it's time for special teams uh, kicking units to come on the field. All right, this is the second time this year we faced Joey Slag because he was on the Texans when we played them in Week Three. 
Okay, we'll get to this uh, last spam comment and get to uh, final predictions. Can you break down the difference in yesterday's effort team-wise to what we've been looking at? Uh, I guess, J.D., did you see a difference in the energy level of the team yesterday with uh, Cam playing, or was it just you know more so on the offensive side of the ball while the defense has maintained a similar energy level throughout the season? I, I think Shaq Thompson has done an excellent job of um, – helping manage the, the energy level on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think those guys, it wasn't necessarily an energy level that changed on the defensive side. It's the simple fact that they were not on the field. Um, quick change without scoring points. So I think that goes a long way for defense. But we can't, we can't sit here and not acknowledge the Cam Newton effect. With Cam Newton on your team, the lows are just not as low and the highs are sky high. So – that's on both sides of the ball, on special teams as well. So I think um, these guys having an actual alpha and a leader on the sideline definitely is going to change the the energy of the game. And you can just tell that from everybody's post-game interviews. Everybody has noticed and felt it, even though it's not necessarily about Cam, he'll tell you. But he, he just brings that energy and that effort to the team. Um, running over one of their best defenders is going to juice your guys up regardless. So I think um, I think we have seen a, a little spike in our energy, especially on offense. We went from being um, beat like a redheaded stepchild um, on offense and not showing any fight at all to being uh, the most swaggy group in the NFL last week. So it is. It's it's obvious, and we all know the the reason why, especially on offense. All right, so let's get some uh, final predictions. Uh, Kev, how do you see the Panthers, Washington Football Team final score playing out? Well, because it's a Ron Rivera coach team, I, I do expect this to be a fight. Uh, I don't I don't foresee this being any uh, type of blowout. Obviously. Um, you know, coming back to Charlotte, it's going to be some, you know, different emotions and things of that nature. Uh, but again, I just feel like that our defense is playing on a higher level than theirs. And I also feel like, um, I also feel like that our offense, um, just has more weapons at our disposal. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, which one of their linebackers is going to check McCaffrey? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and they definitely got secondary talent. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I think this will be a, a mid-scoring game. Uh, I definitely see the Panthers forcing Heineken to some turnovers. And so I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to say Carolina 24. And I'm going to say Washington, I'm going to say 16. It's a one-score game. Uh, how you see this playing out, J.D.? Just looking at how these offenses match up, um, Washington is 23rd in pass yards. We're 24th. Um, Washington is 18th in rush yards. We're 8th. So I think I can see a, lo a low-scoring game a la Ryan Rivera. Um, I'm going to say, oh, we're both tied 24th in TD scored, so. I'm going to say, I'm going to call it, um, let's say, 21 for 
well, no, not 21. I'll call it 17, um, 14. Wow, very low scoring. Yeah, Yeah. I think we'll put up a little bit more uh, points on them considering both of their edge rushes are out. Our offense looked like it was clicking. I'll go 27-17 Panthers. So I think we'll have a little bit of a more comfortable margin. Uh, If you're into the spreads, I think the Panthers are a minus three. So Vegas is predicting a nail-biter as well. So we'll see. It should be a good game. It should be fun. Get to see the return of Cam Newton at Bank of America Stadium for the first time since 2019. Uh, Ron Rivera, I believe this is his first game back as well because we played them in uh, Washington last year. So the Turners will be back. Uh, so a lot of players, you know, used to play for Carolina are on that team as well. You know, DJ Moore's best friend, Curtis Samuels, on that team. Some of our backup linebackers, special teams guys, David Mayo, Jared Norris. This should be a fun game. Stadium should be packed for Cam. I already see they jacking up the cricket prices that game. So if you haven't got them already, uh, make sure you get your tickets. Want to be in the building for that week. Uh, I'll be in town for that game as well. Kev will be there. So look forward to seeing everybody. And any final comments before we sign off for the night, guys? Yeah, for me, um, like I say, hell of a win. Glad we're back to 500. Um, you know, I'm glad that Cam Newton has not only energized, um, you know, the team on the field, but also uh, the fan base as well. Now, you know, with his fan base, <laughs> you know, Cam Newton's going to bring out both sides. I'll leave it at that. But uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing, you know, now with um, – better options at QB, what this team in year two of a rebuild uh, could actually do. Um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but I'm definitely feeling more optimistic now than I was a week ago um, looking at the quarterback position. So going to be patient, wait and see, but I'm definitely more excited. You know, the playoffs started today. The Panthers are in the seventh seed. You think this is going to be a playoff team at the end of the day, J.D., or too early right now? I still think it's too early, but you definitely got to get to the bye week um, in a good spot for this to be a playoff team. I think our last performance bodes well. We're just going to have to see. It's it's just way too early to call it either way right now. Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. The release of the podcast will probably come out either uh, Thursday or Friday. If you haven't checked out the post-game show, go ahead and do that as well. It's up on uh, YouTube. Uh, be sure as we, you know, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. We'll have some more breakdowns of this previous uh, big win over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, make sure you check out Panthers Den uh, with JD and Smooth's Twitter page to get game grades for quarterbacks from JD and offensive linemen for Smooth. Other than that, looking forward to the game. Uh, keep pounding. See you on uh, Sunday. Hopefully, pack the stadium and let's get another W. Have a good night, everybody.